Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Up, you guys. Sean Rossap, Fightful.com. It is May 25th. We are fresh off the heels of AEW Double or Nothing. If you didn't check it out, check out our post show. We also had uh, the, the scrum up as well. Check that out. But we're moving on to WWE talk, and there was a lot of it tonight. They jam-packed a lot into this WWE Raw. Uh, as always, check out Fightful.com. For all your wrestling, MMA, and boxing news. If you just like wrestling, go over to FightfulWrestling.com. But if you're watching this live on YouTube, leave us a thumbs up and subscribe. If you're listening, watching anything, leave a nice review on iTunes. That stuff helps. And if you're watching live on YouTube, donate a Super Chat. Any amount, get your question or statement read on the air. And I get the feeling there are plenty of questions tonight. Uh, I'll, I'll get to the Fightful Select plug in a moment because we're just a few away from a major goal because we had a lot of stuff tonight. But I am joined by Denise Salcedo. Denise, how you doing? I'm doing good. Happy Monday. Yes, happy Monday. Happy one week anniversary of your birthday. Um, oh, I was going to say one week anniversary of what? I was like, yeah, what of, of your birthday. Today? And to celebrate your birthday, I understand your neighbors had a birthday party without you. Oh, God. Yesterday, my neighbors had like a big blowout. I left to go get food, and there was like less than 10 people. So I was judging, but I wasn't judging that bad. Yeah. Then I came home, and they had like 15, 20 people. And I was like, oh, now I'm really Amazing. judging. But I was like, I'm not a snitch. So. not a snitch you need a t-shirt now that's like you know like those old school roots of fight shirts denise salcedo not a snitch since 1992 seriously that's that's what we need to see uh so reminder guys get your super chats in it's a good time as is FightfulSelect.com. I posted a Backstage Report podcast today that's about 20, 25 minutes of exclusive news, including uh, including my uh, review, or not review, but an exclusive I have on an upcoming wrestling video game. But today, I had a ton of notes. We broke the story on FightfulSelect.com that WWE would have audience members in the crowd in the form of NXT talent that came first from FightfulSelect.com. Denise, what did you think about that? 
Okay, so I had several thoughts about that. Okay, so first of all, I I did I, it took me a second to realize that like when I heard started hearing the cheers and stuff, it 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 really took me aback. I was like, wait, what is going on here? And so when I saw everybody there, right away the first thing I noticed was the social distancing. Like everybody's distance, everybody's apart. I thought there were pros and cons to this. Obviously, this is the first time that they've done it this way, so it's really just like a give and take. You have to learn. Um, I thought that in the beginning it felt a little forced maybe a little bit awkward but as the show went on I thought that I ended up not paying attention to that as much as I was in the beginning I like that they had the plexiglass in the, yeah. in the entrance way I thought that was clever and it actually took me like five minutes to even it wasn't until Charlotte came out that I even noticed that I also <laughs> liked that they actually addressed what was happening and why they had people essentially uh you know, six feet apart and whatnot. So I was actually pretty surprised that that was addressed during the show. Yeah. Uh, by the way, guys, we're not talking about other podcasts on this show. So if that's your super chat, think of something else. We're not bothering with that. We're not touching that. I don't care about that. So do not waste your super chat on something like that. That is the end of that conversation as it relates to that. Uh, and we will not talk about that again because, quite frankly, I don't give a shit. We're here to talk about wrestling news. We're here to talk about Monday Night Raw. So let's get into the Super Chats. Anakin JMT says, I have one question and one question only. It's for my fellow Swifty. Which is the hotter feud, Bailey and Michael Cole or Sean and Humberto? Well, I know they're talking to me because I'm the biggest Swifty on this podcast. I might have to take you out, Sean. Really? I might. Are you threatening to fight me? <laughs> I'm threatening, threatening I gotta, a fight here. I got to brush my hair. It's driving gonna, me nuts. I'm going to expose your bad hairstyle right it now. It sucks. I can't get it to sit right. Oh, it's hairspray. It's driving me nuts. I don't put product in this hair. I don't let chemicals touch this hair. Man, it's a really mess. Not? No, never. Never. Oh. Never, Is it never, like never. An environment thing or like a personal beauty thing? Both. Both. Okay. Um, Tim Traver says, Denise got a new follow tonight. And I want to say, Denise, uh, you're like a little sister to all of us. Keep up the great work. Look at that. You've got Thank big you. brothers and sisters all over the place, Denise. Thank you so much. That's really exciting. Anakin JMT says, football field Saturday, hockey arena tonight. When are we going to get a match on an actual baseball field with someone sliding in third base? There have been hundreds, thousands of, of matches on baseball fields. There were, for years and years and years, they, they ran stadium shows, like every major company. TNA even did it a couple years ago. Global Force Wrestling did it a bunch of times. What I want to see, Denise, is an honest-to-God in-your-house match. Because when I was nine years old and in-your-house was starting, that's what I thought was going to happen. And I want them to do that now because they have that opportunity. But whose house, though? Who will be the lucky one? I don't know. I mean, they'll, they'll get a gimmick house for sure. For sure. Oh, I thought you meant like somebody's actual house, though. Yeah, I mean, they, they could do that, but... Eh, you know, uh, anything that stood out on this episode of Raw to you as as a highlight? To me, I thought there was a lot of things on this show that actually stood out. Um, but like the main thing I would say is that aside from Apollo winning the belt, I thought that Bobby Lashley is finally coming together. And actually, my last thought while watching 
Raw today was that the Drew Lashley feud is a, feeling a lot hotter than the Seth Drew feud, feud felt for a couple weeks there. Yeah, uh, I, I was very happy with Apollo Cruz's win. I was that made me very happy to see. But let's go ahead and talk about the kickoff of this show. Kevin Owens is running the KO show. There are performance center names in the crowd. Asuka comes out and Owens congratulates her, and this leads to the interrupting promo. I hate the interrupting promo. They do it all the time. But at least Kevin Owens is entertaining. He picked up a feather and was like, here, this fell off your jacket, Charlotte. <laughs> and <laughs> he's then such a good host, okay? I, like, he's so good. He is. He's so charismatic. And Kevin Owens says, I know that this is all about to break down. Whatever you do, Asuka, please don't punch Nia Jax in the face. And then she punches Nia Jax in the face. What did you think of this intro segment? It felt refreshing. Uh, so right off the bat, you know, we have, you know, people in the audience. We have all of that going on. We have Kevin Owens. You know, it's not like we have been seeing him regularly on Raw each and every single week the last couple of months. So having, like, just, like, within those few moments, I already felt like Raw was feeling different. And I will tell you, overall, I thought today Raw was really good. Instead of feeling like a three-hour show, it felt like maybe an hour, an hour and a half. So off mm -hmm. the top, I really liked it. I thought Kevin Owens was funny he was relaxed and i did like that touch where he's like oh like if you want to punch her and like don't punch her in the face yeah. i thought that was hilarious and there was just like a lot of really good moments where it felt really really good to have kevin owens uh you know consistently back on the show yeah yeah i agree uh i thought it was i thought it was fair but then we got the united states championship match apollo cruz getting a big win and I think we can agree it was time for Andrade to not be champion. This this title run was less than stellar. It was just unfortunate, and there were a lot of issues. There were injuries, and there were failed wellness tests and all this stuff, or wellness violations. I don't know that he failed a test. I just know there was a violation. We see Angel Garza watching from backstage. I hate when they do the Del Rio spot in the corner, but they make up for it with some other action and Apollo Crews wins with a press slam, a moonsault, and a standing star press. I thought this match could have been a lot better, but it accomplished what it needed to do, and that was get the belt off of Andrade, get it on Apollo. What did you think of the match right. itself? Okay. So several things. First of all, I got to say with Andrade himself, it feels like no matter what, with or without the title, he's going to be on the same position as he is on the roster. Yeah. So it doesn't really like he doesn't gain or lose anything from having or not having the title. I did think, though, that it was a missed opportunity to, uh, you know, for all the circumstances that you just mentioned, yeah. it was a missed opportunity to have Andrade built up and have him feud against Drew McIntyre in a fun feud because that was what I wanted, something hot between the both of them because we know that Andrade has the charisma and he has the star power to go up against Drew in a situation like that. So I did think that was a missed opportunity. But now switching gears to Apollo Crews, it was the right call to go with him because first of all, the last few weeks since the Rona and everything that started, they've been building him up consistently. So they've been doing a pretty good job of that. We've been talking about it consistently and it's not um, he is literally finally, we're seeing a guy go from here to here. It's not like he went from here all the way to the top. No, he's going through the proper protocols of like elevating himself on the roster. And because of that, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree. And it, it was time. Josh Kirsch asks, 
Who do you think will be the first challenger for Apollo? Well, considering WWE, they'll probably make Andrade the first challenger for Apollo. He has to at least be the first one to get his rematch. Yeah, and uh, I we see Apollo give a rah rah like, "Oh, you can do it! You can overcome!" speech, and I hate that. <gasps> I- Loved that. I was inspired by that. I like that oh. kind of stuff. That's who he is. He's such a happy person, and he's out there, and he's smiling, and he's having a good time, and he's waited such a long time for this to happen, and it happened for him, and I liked it. I hated it. It loses so much of that edge that he needed. Uh, we see Andrade throwing shit around backstage, and, you know, he's getting that title shot. But I'm glad Apollo Crews, he, he won the match. He won the title. I, I was very happy about that. Time to, time to let him roll with it. Uh, Drew Nicholas says, WWE is leaving money on the table, not hitting up JG Wentworth to have Viking Raiders play opera singing Vikings in that commercial. Come on, WWE. Woof. We will talk about the mini golf in a bit. And uh, hey, another story we broke on FightfulSelect.com. Subscribe. We are three away from a goal. Uh, Dana Greer says, so glad Austin Theory is with Seth now so he can start winning some matches. Loved Raw tonight. Yeah, I think they could have done a lot worse with Raw. Uh, we see a promo backstage where Seth Rollins has Mysterio's mask. He says that Mysterio sacrificed himself in a time of need. And he's ready to move on to the future. And he introduces Austin Theory as his newest disciple. He and Buddy Murphy tell their stories and thank Seth. Now, later on, we get a graphic saying that Rey Mysterio has a retirement ceremony next week. And somebody asks in our live chat if this is just an angle. Yes, it is just an angle. Um, I mean, he does have an 18-month out clause, but it, it is an angle. But what did you think of this this promo that we saw before the match and the the idea that Ray's going to come and do a retirement speech? I wasn't expecting the retirement speech. I, I kind of felt like that came out of nowhere. I was kind of thrown for a loop there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did not see that one coming. But with, with the Seth Rollins promo, the one thing that I kept thinking to myself was, man, Austin Theory fits in with them so much better than yeah. he did with Zelina and her group. It just it wasn't mixing in. And I feel like now it's just blending a lot better. I did like the Seth Rollins promo. Um, it was perfectly fine. I like how he was holding the mask. It kind of made it more meaningful as in like, oh man, he's like really destroyed Rey Mysterio to the fact where he's carrying his mask. So it felt more like vicious. Like they really did Rey Mysterio wrong here. Um, just the fact that he was holding the mask alone. So I actually like that. Injection says, WWE says that Rollins is hosting the Raid retirement segment. That would be fantastic. I think he'd knock that out of the park. I think he'd do awesome with that. IG The King says, Rollins segment benefited everyone, including Sean. I don't know what you mean by that, but I did enjoy it. So I guess it did benefit me. I, I am, I, I ended up the better. I ended up from the better on that. Uh, but we also got a super chat from Anakin JMT saying, is Andrade's U.S. title run less impressive than either Nakamura's title runs with the IC in U.S.? Yeah, to me, because he missed so much time. He had to sit out like a month or two at a time, and the title was barely defended for two months. It just wasn't there. What do you think about his title run looking back at it? 
Yeah, and it, it's kind of sad because I can't really remember, like, any memorable thing that actually happened, and that should tell you everything. Like, I'm when I have to rack my brain and think, hey, what actually happened? Was there a feud that I remember that I really enjoyed? And I can't even tell you. That should tell you everything. Sports and wrestling experiences. Love the show, guys. Ryan is a diva guy. I don't know what that means, but thank you very much. Uh, thank you for enjoying us. Thank you for the super chat. Reminder, you can get your question or statement read on the air. It's a good time. It's a good time. Someone literally just blew a firework outside my door. And oh, no. freaked out. I looked out and I was like, what the heck is happening? There's fireworks now. BTW already. So Josh Kirsch asks, is Buddy going to turn on Rollins? I think he does eventually. But right now, I think they're going to rock with this, Denise. I almost feel like we're going to see Bud, 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 I can't even talk anymore, Buddy Murphy and Austin Theory, because last week, I think I mentioned that, that I sensed a little jealousy from, from um, Buddy Murphy to Austin Theory, so I kind of feel like at some point, that kind of has to be like a tease, maybe Seth Rollins gets in between them, and then eventually, maybe one of them or both of them turn on Seth Rollins, but I can see Austin Theory and Buddy Murphy kind of going at it, going at it first. Well, they had a match here. Uh, the Disciples defeated Humberto Carrillo and Aleister Black. And this reaffirmed my thought that Humberto should be a tag wrestler because he was fantastic in this match. He hit a good plancha to the outside, hits an even better kick. He can take an ass whipping, and that's really good. Because as a tag team wrestler, if you have a great hot tag and you have, you can get your ass kicked really well, that goes a long way. And I feel like Humberto would be really, really great at both of those things. Just not with Alistair Black. I'm good with that. He's he's doing fine on his own. But yeah. go ahead. Sorry. Oh no. Well, the thing about Umberto. I mean, sorry about Umberto is that I mean he's always at least had those like flashy moves that is really easy to get behind him and have those ah ah moments. So with that, like if he were to be you know like Cedric Alexander and Ricochet in a tag team like that, like hey why not? That will actually hide some of his flaws and highlight his strengths a lot better, which his strengths are doing those flashy moves. And you know obviously that's something that people would want to see. So I do agree with that. Theory pins Carrillo with the ATL. That's good because Theory needed a win. He needed a win to establish that his association with Seth Rollins changed him. And they did that. That's that's all they really needed to do. But they went above and beyond. They they attacked Aleister Black and threatened Humberto Carrillo. I thought this was good. You had to see Theory on the up and up here for this to really hit hit right. And I thought they did it great. I thought Aleister Black was really, like, the highlight of this match, He's though. He's awesome. He was, it, to me, it was just like, man, why, I, I feel like all those consistent, like, quick matches that we were seeing weren't really doing him justice because you kind of forgot what he can do in the ring. Like, yeah, obviously you know it and you see those glimpses, but I felt like this week was sort of a reminder of how good he can actually be. The match itself was pretty fast. Um, and then one of the other things that I was thinking while watching this was when Buddy Murphy was just like slapping and chopping Umberto, I just kept thinking, man, we haven't even <clears throat> scratched the surface with what Buddy Murphy can do. He has a different type of edge that is just naturally there. And I feel like they could really go far and beyond with Buddy Murphy. Like I, I just, I don't know. I see like just so much potential with him. Like, even just like as a singles person without Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, or any of that, like just within himself. And I don't know why that was just like one of the major things that I was thinking about during this match. Well, after the match, 
the disciples and Rollins threatened to take Humberto's eye out, much like they did to Rey Mysterio, and I thought that Rollins cut an awesome promo after this. I believed him, and it was really good. He's like, you don't want to ruin this guy's career just getting in my way. I want to do what I want to do, and you two keep getting in my way, and if you don't stop, this is going to happen. I thought this ruled, Denise. This was great because Aleister Black was essentially faced with a dilemma. Like, hey, do I go and attack and risk them, like, you know, shoving his face in, taking his eye out, whatever. But no, like, you saw that moment of hesitation where he's, like, thinking about it and he's, like, okay, I can't do this. And Seth Rollins is finally getting real power over the other guys on the roster because that's one of the things that he's been talking about on you know in his promos consistently as being the messiah and having this power and being the one but we haven't actually really seen it executed with his words to somebody else and this is the first time where his words actually had an effect on somebody else's decision and that's what we saw during this post-match oh this was great i loved it and umberto had the i'm scared his eyeballs are popping out face oh that was great so, do you think that eventually Theory and Murphy get tired of being called disciples and they're working for the Messiah? Do you think eventually they get tired of that? Down the line, but I hope not yet because I feel they can still do a lot. They could still wreck a lot of stuff, so not yet. Well, I know one thing. If you want to go from a Messiah to a disciple... Then, then things are things are probably pretty bad for you. You don't ever want to go downhill. You don't want to decrease your value, Denise. I do right? not. You don't. I do not want to decrease my but, value. But if I was a disciple, I wouldn't want to be a messiah. I would want to be a dong lord. A what? A dong lord, Denise. What is that? You don't know what a dong lord is? A dong lord? Oh, you mean like a dong? Yeah, like a penis. Let me tell you, you'll put out an eye or two when you use BlueChew.com code Fightful. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. And if you, you and your, your two friends all get prescriptions, hey, that's a party. That's a party. I'm not here to judge. <laughs> Is that what we're doing now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Social distancing will not matter when you use BlueChew.com. Code Fightful. You just pay $5 shipping. You get it free when you use that code Fightful. You don't have to go to the doctor's office. You don't have to go to the pharmacy, which is a great thing in this day and age. It's prescribed online. It ships straight to your door discreetly. You'll, you'll be the most discreet dong lord in town. And let me tell you, I live in a small town. 200. People talk. People talk, you know. 200, though? It's like 45,000 in my neighborhood alone. <laughs> I walk down the street, and granted, I, I can walk down my street and not see anybody. But if I do, they're like, Psh, you hear about him? That's the dong lord. That's the <laughs> dong lord, SRS. And I'm like, me? I hear you, buddy. I hear you, and that is me, thanks to BlueChew.com, code FIGHTFUL. Like I said, it's got the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. But it's a chewable, so it can get into your system a lot faster. Hit them up at BlueChew and say, you know what? The Dong Lord sent me. 
Dong Lord SRS sent me to bluechew.com. Dong Lord of Kentucky. The Dong Lord of the world. Oh, the the world. world of Kentucky. It's, I preside over more than four and a half million people, Denise. Don't be disrespectful. Dang. I'm sorry. I need a cool name like Dong Lord. Ah, my wife's a school teacher. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's not one of the words she's teaching her students. No, no, that is that is not going to be in the curriculum. Uh, that I assure you. Ah, BlueChew.com code Fightful. Drew Nicholas says, "How do the neighbors know?" I don't know. Probably, probably stealing my mail because they want that Blue Chew. Just stealing everything that comes my way. Anakin JMT says, if Seth adds a female disciple, who makes the most sense? I think Ruby Riot would benefit the most. I completely agree, Denise. She has lost every single match since she's come back. How can you rehabilitate her? Well, you can by firmly establishing her as a disciple in a group that has been proven to reinvent people. What do you think? Well, I was trying to think of somebody else that wasn't Ruby Riot, but I can't think of anyone else that would be in a better spot. Um, I'm a little confused on what's going on with Liv Morgan right now, so maybe that one can happen too, but I do see it happening more with Ruby Riot. Yeah, I, I think that one makes a, a ton of sense. Uh, we had Andrade, or actually it wasn't Andrade, it was uh, Angel Garza came out and clipped Kevin Owens' knee before the match started. I liked great. I liked him coming out in basically street clothes. <laughs> yeah. This I okay, so I liked this personally because it started off differently from a lot of the matches that we see continuously on Raw. Everything usually starts about the same. But this time there was a sense of urgency. There was a sense of purpose. There was the sense that Angel Garza really wanted to bring down, take down, and get a victory against Kevin Owens. And I really felt that um, right after this match, the first thing that I thought to myself was, this is my favorite match that I have seen from Garza thus far on Raw. I thought it was really good. It was fast-paced. It felt, you know, it was short, but it was a beatdown. That's what it was. And so I really enjoyed the whole storyline of this match from the beginning to the end. Even afterwards when it was like, okay, the match is over no garza wants more and he's going at it he's letting his frustrations out etc i enjoyed this yeah i did too so again the street clothes i loved i loved him coming out in street clothes we had a super chat uh, from lake lore who says i don't understand angel garza's wing clipper how does that move kayfabe hurt i will break that down at the end of this match uh, garza works over the leg I love that KO modified the Swanton based on his injury. He didn't, it didn't look as pretty because he was, he had a knee injury. But Garza wins with the wing clipper. That surprised me. I was like, damn, okay. But to me, if you get a win over Kevin Owens, that means you're, you're going somewhere. What did you think about this? Yeah, I wasn't, okay, so only because of the way the match went, it worked out perfectly. Any other way, I think it would have been more shocking, but given how it actually played out, I wasn't as surprised when he did win, but I did love the wing clipper. I thought that was really good. I thought it looked good, and it was a solid exclamation point to that uh, finish of the match. And then the whole, like, he got really romantic with Kayla Braxton and started, mm -hmm. like, 
reading out my favorite romance novels out there. Um, I thought that was a pretty good touch. <laughs> that, but that was like aside the point from the actual match, but still. So about the wing clippers. So how does that hurt? Well, in jujitsu, one of the one of the early moves you'll learn, like from a lot of people who've made transitions from wrestling, is a single chicken wing. You'll be in guard. You'll pull their arm up. You'll pull it tight as like a shark fin, and you'll hold it there. And sometimes that'll get a tap. With a double underhook, especially with the wing clipper, you've got them around your waist. You've got them double underhooked. You're applying pressure on the back of their neck, pushing downward. When you jump up in the air and you drop down like that, you're compressing that neck. It's it's a whiplash effect. It's a neck compression thing. I could see how it would hurt an awful lot, especially if you're bringing them down. Because their head goes down, but their legs eventually come up when they crash the mat. That presses them together. That applies a lot of pressure to your neck, to your back, a lot of that stuff. So I think it's a great finish. I mean, I get it. You all don't see somebody slamming into the mat or their head crashing. So... You're being crunched up, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's there's a lot of. Um, I, I think it's a great move. I really, really dig it. Uh, I like it. Up next, we have the goddamn mini golf, and I love mini golf. This is not Jesus golf, Denise. That's for sure. <sighs> what did you think of this? I thought it could have been a lot better. I didn't like it at all. Me not either. even a little bit. It wasn't funny. I wasn't, you know, I, I like the dumb, silly, cheesy things. I'm very easy to impress. I'm really easy to make laugh. But mm -hmm. that, it just, there was nothing. I felt like if I would have laughed at anything, it would have been forced and fake on my part. And I just didn't find it funny. Like, there was nothing that I thought was enjoyable about this. Um, other than the fashion, there was nothing, to be honest. I kind of feel like uh, they if they were going to do this, it could have been funnier. That, the thing is, like, I really, really like both of these teams a lot. And I see what they're trying to do. They're doing the MVP Matt Hardy feud from, like, 10, 11 years ago where they try to one-up each other all the time. I don't think these are the two acts for it. They're not – I haven't consistently enjoyed these. I think they're the right guys. It's just that there's – something missing though it's not i don't know maybe it's the writing maybe it's the purpose of what's actually happening i think it's the right guys because they're such polar opposites they you know they're representing two different types of people so i think if anything it should be really funny but it's it's falling through it's falling through i think from like the bat the basketball to now it's just every every week it's 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 gone down a little bit yeah and to me, I just I just look at it and I'm like, God, this could be so better. I know it could be so much better. There's an alligator there. They're digging into the, the sand pit. I'm like, yeah, I get it. I get it, man. I'd rather have them do the gator wrestling that was mentioned, but yeah. I was like bowling. I was like, I don't even like bowling in real life. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, it's uh, – well, they're going to bowl next week, I think. How do you yeah, feel about that? that's what they said. Uh, and I was like – that's why I was like, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. Edge cut a great promo, though. Talked about how long he was gone, how many matches that Orton had while he was gone. He said that he's worked with the best and even pulled them up to his level because he could do anything, and he's one of the greatest workers, one of the greatest wrestlers in the world, and admittedly, he didn't know if he could do that anymore, but he's going to find out. 
Edge hits a home run on a promo, I thought. H- how about you? I think overall, it's just been perfect timing in terms of the documentary that was released for Edge. I thought Mm -hmm. that it was so good that it impacted me now when I watch him in storyline on TV because I just like, because they're including so much of what is actually real life. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply been true and he's incorporating that into his promos and because of that I feel like that within itself elevated it a lot more so I almost feel like I have a different uh, a different mindset when I watch him perform because I'm automatically tying it to everything that I saw in his real waking life yeah uh, we have injection saying best of five for profits Raiders instead of that I think they've already had a best of five they face each other in Twice in April, they face each other a few, a couple times in March, I think, and maybe one other time before that. Like, yeah, they face each other in December too. They face each other a bunch of times already. Uh, Josh Kirsch said thoughts on Ed mentioning Owen Hart. I I think it came from a place of passion. It wasn't to capitalize. He cared about Owen Hart. If you saw the tribute episode that he was on uh, back in the day. You saw that it came from the right place because Edge was destroyed at the passing of Owen Hart. So I thought it was it was respect. It was him saying that I've worked with the greatest people in the world and he was one of them. Any thoughts from you, Denise? There's no reason why he couldn't be mentioned when speaking of one of the greats. If someone, you know, somebody that looked up to him as a wrestler, true wrestler, why not? Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And Edge doing more good stuff. R-Truth says he's coming for Gronk as he has now found out that Tom Brady is not the 24-7 champion. I love that he thought that Tom Brady was the champion, but that Gronk beat him for it. <laughs> and then Gronk cuts a promo that was clearly from a teleprompter that could have, it could have been a lot worse. I'll say that. It could have been a lot worse, but it wasn't good. And it was bad. Yeah, I yeah. Cringed on that one. Like cringe. Sean, I've written long, long, long scripts for my videos, okay? And I will sit there and I will memorize it because nothing is worse than not having a properly aligned teleprompter. It doesn't matter if it's to the side really, really close to the camera or to the top. No, if it's not perfect perfectly aligned everyone will be able to know that your eyes are over there and it drives 
me nuts. I was thinking, I was like, is he doing a teleprompter? Is he doing cue cards? But I was like, this is, I didn't like it. I, 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 it was driving me crazy. I could follow his eyes during the whole thing, even though he was wearing sunglasses. Because it felt they like were it. down, though. His yeah. eyes weren't even to the side. It was <sighs> down, like, like this. Oh, man. I mean, whatever. Sure. Taryn Riddick says, to me, Prophets and Viking stuff is pointless. Vikings already beat the Prophets like a drum in the ring. Just have a title match and move on. That's what I was hoping they would do. I mean, this would be a little bit better for me if they didn't already do the match to death. And it's like they're killing time to get to a title match. I appreciate them trying to do something different. But this isn't different enough for me from what MVP and Matt Hardy did. It's the same thing. And I don't know, it's just poorly executed, and the jokes aren't hitting, and I feel bad for those guys, because all four of them are really awesome. I feel bad for Liv Morgan, because for months she had Liv Morgan gimmicks, or vignettes running, so she could debut as Lana's lesbian secret lover. All of that was dropped. She got a quick push, lost to Charlotte, now she's back to vignettes, which are well executed. She she reads them well. She says self-worth has been her biggest issue, but she found a lot more of it when she joined WWE, and now she's living her best life. Get it? Living. She's probably the only person doing that this year. <laughs> fair, fair point. What do you think about the Liv Morgan vignettes that we're getting now? So last week, I didn't like last week's because I felt it was disconnected and it really didn't make that much sense to me. This week, I thought that it made sense to me what she was saying. I felt everything she said was exactly how it should be said. I thought she did a great delivery of it. Um, I think obviously, with given the circumstances that they're dealing with right now, I do think that if it was in a different setting... Um, I feel like it would come across better because I almost feel like if she's just in front of like a, a wall or in a room, it just it doesn't feel special or anything. I almost feel like she was at least in a different setting. It would probably help that promo out. But obviously, things are limited right now, so I'm not going to be like picky about that. Um, I just don't really know what's happening because I'm a little confused. We had the vignettes. And they were one thing, and now we have another vignettes, but now they're another thing. So I'm I'm wondering, are we restarting the character, or is that supposed to be attached to what we were seeing before? I'm a little confused on, on that. Yeah, and hopefully we get some answers as to what's what's going on. Like, what what's she going to do? I, I'd rather her win matches, but they, they pretend like they don't have enough people to wrestle. They do. They do. The Iconics come out, they make up, they say they never want to argue, they still deserve to be champions. I thought this promo was pretty good and passionate. They they showed that they wanted to be champions, but they get showed up by Nikki Cross's promo, and that's that's not a bad thing. I'm not disrespecting the Iconics by saying that. I love their promo. It's just Nikki Cross came out, and she had a fire under her ass and said that she scratched and clawed for everything she got. The Iconics lay out the champions and stand tall. I thought this segment was really, really good, Denise. So I like this because all of their personalities 
personalities. All yes. four of them. It's like really like it's coming across as like catty and like these are the mean girls. Yeah, well, and then Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross represent that other type of girl. And so I felt like we had a good mixture of that. Um, but I thought Nikki Cross delivered on this. Like she just like it was. She was awake. She had her batteries on. I don't know how else to say it other than what you just said. Her having that fire uh, because that's what she had. She wasn't just like remembering her lines or whatever. Like no, she was like raging. Uh, almost it almost felt like she wasn't scripted because that's how good she delivered those lines and I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a really shi- a really good shining moment for her. And then the beatdown afterwards, I liked that because hey, Iconics had enough and they're going after you know Alexa and Nikki and I really liked how all of this played out. It it really did accentuate their positives. It's it's one of the things we've mentioned a lot, and I like how you mentioned it brought out all their personalities because not a lot of segments get to do that with that many people in it. And with the tag yeah. teams and their abilities to play off each other, I thought that was a fantastic point. Uh, the Iconics lay them out, and again, it'll be the third damn time we're seeing this match. We do not need to see this match for the third time. Ugh. I think we are. We're going to see it more than three, four, five times. <laughs> Man, just make some warn you now. <laughs> make some new teams. Oh. Well, we get the top contender match. Uh Charlotte does an interview and says nobody compares to her accolades. Asuka then dances into the shot, and I loved her line. She said, Red is not your color. Dirty one. You don't tell that to a female. Really? <laughs> you don't. Oh, it's so insulting. It's very beyond insulting because, like, every female has a color, their color that they like to wear. Or, like, obviously she didn't say that, like, in terms of wearing it, but it's still directed in that sense. Yeah. And so the worst thing you can ever tell a female is, that's not your color. Oh, man. I didn't know it was that serious. Oh, it's serious. You just don't do it. Well, I'll tell you what I didn't like, uh, this Natalia thing, because they had this fake phone conversation between she and Tyson Kidd. What could Tyson have possibly said in that amount of time, Denise? I don't know, but she was pissed. I would be, too. I was annoyed, too. I was like, okay, Natalia got mad, and now now she's being called up because she got mad like a very wise person once said, women can only overreact, not react. Oh man! I, I totally messed up that quote, but whatever. <laughs> hmm, it's it's wild. Like uh, I was watching that, and I was like, "Man, Tyson couldn't have said more than three words each time." They it just went. It was like a bad movie phone conversation. But Oscar's on commentary. I thought this match was really good. I, I, it wasn't until they made contact that I realized Charlotte and Nia just haven't wrestled much at all. They've had one. One-on-one match against each other. Because I was like, man, that's a dynamic we haven't seen. Because we've seen almost everything a hundred times. But Natalia and Charlotte powerbomb Nia through the table. Nia makes her way back in. I love her powerbomb out of a Natalia armbar. Charlotte applies the figure eight on Nia. But then that Natalia breaks it up, puts the sharpshooter on. Nia breaks up the sharpshooter. We go into the dreaded Tower of Doom. The only thing I didn't like about this match was the Tower of Doom, because I see it all the time. And Nia's leg drop was a little rough, but she oh, gets. The... I felt I felt nervous during the table spot. Yeah, I thought I thought for them it worked, but uh, tell me what you thought of the match. I thought that 
So for this overall, I thought they did a lot of good. They did a lot, and it actually went longer than I expected, which made me glad because it's like a lot of the matches tend to go a certain length. And with this one, it's like it couldn't have done so because, you know, it actually had real stakes on the line. Like all three women want to have a chance at the bout. So, you know, the fact that they actually made this match feel important by doing a lot and going a long time said a lot. Um, but like I said, I was I was like kind of nervous when they did the table spot just because of the way that it was it took a while to set up and I was like oh my god I was like I hope this goes well um but other than that I I thought I was not surprised that Nia Jax ended up winning but at the same time I was like well I just hope that they don't take the belt off of Asuka because she's the hottest thing that they have right now in terms of the women um I don't think they will that's just my prediction but you never know. There's always that one-off opportunity that it might happen, but I don't think so. I think we we even said this last week on the show, or, or maybe it was Friday. Me and Warren had said, well, you know what's going to happen. Nia's winning. She's pinning Natalia. They booked this backwards, Denise, because they had Nia come out and do all that stuff with Asuka and Kyrie last week. Like, what? why wouldn't they have just done this match last week and done that skit this week? Because it would have made a lot more sense for Nia to come out. Yeah. Ah, they booked and it to have backwards. A specific issue with Asuka, right? Yeah, and and they showed their hands. Like we all knew that Nia was going to win this match, and that Charlotte wasn't going to be involved in the decision. Furthermore, all due respect to Natalia, love her work. Why is she in this match? She just lost twice to Shayna. Why isn't Shayna in this match? I don't know. Maybe because Natalia lost her shit last week, so now she's like a focal point. I, that's, that's not a good reason. reason. That's the only reason that I can think of, to be honest. I mean a reason that makes sense, not like a reason why WWE is doing it. Like, it just didn't make any sense. But I liked the match. I, I really had fun watching the match. Rob Wilkins sends a super chat and says, Profits and Raiders. I used, to, uh, I lived in Florida and had an incident with an alligator and my apartment complex parking lot turned around, went back in. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I would not be interested in testing, testing my luck with an alligator. No thanks. No. Did you ever watch Gator Boys? That one reality show with those guys that their job was to like get gators and like they get them and then they like put them like in their like shelter and they take care of them. No. Okay, good show. It was I watched it like a while back. It's a really good it was a really good show. I'm I'm sure other people probably saw it. I don't oh know. Oh my god, no. Really cool. Unbelievable. The line drive says, They're in Orlando, Sean. What would you think about a final seventh contest being a game of double dare with the Prophets and Raiders? If they could get Mark Summers out and do double dare or Nickelodeon guts or something like that, I'd probably love it. I have multiple. Did you ever watch Nickelodeon Guts back in the day? Guts, no. Double Dare, yes. I, I don't. I don't. Do you know what the Agro Crag is? Oh man, I have legitimately looked <laughs> online multiple times for copies of that for replicas. Uh, Injection says Shayna wasn't in the match because they want to protect her, and Charlotte is champion. They needed someone to take the pen. No, I get it. I get why they did it. It just doesn't make any sense. From a viewing standpoint, I want you guys to know, from a booking standpoint, I know why they left Char- why they left Shayna out of the match, but not really. It could have been a fatal four-way match, and that's fine. They could have just done that. From a 
viewing standpoint, you're going to look at this, and if you're a viewer, you're going to say, Natalia just lost twice. Why does she deserve a title shot? That doesn't make sense. Booking, I get it, but still, Shayna should have been in it. Anakin says, if you could get rid of one move, Sean, would it be Del Rio Stomp or Tower of Doom? Oh, the Del Rio Stomp, without a doubt. Because you got to sit there and hold yourself up. The Tower of Doom is just a spot that happens a lot. Like, it'd be fine if it happened a lot less. Josh Kirsch says, <laughs> thoughts on the potential Drew McIntyre versus Colby Covington fight. We talked about this on the list goes on on Fightful Select. Subscribe. We are five subs away from 600. So uh, that would be nice if you all got us there. But all due respect to Drew McIntyre. I like him. I've interviewed him. Great dude. I think he could beat up most of the WWE roster. Colby Covington, even though he's 50 pounds lighter, is one of the best MMA fighters in the world. And he is an outstanding wrestler. And he's got good striking now. He would win. That's it. And a lot of people say, oh, but a bar fight. I, anybody that I would pick in a regular fight, I would pick in a bar fight, too. It's just how it is. It's not like you're going to be like, sorry, I only do this here, that, but I work this way here. That's the thing. <laughs> like, the that used to be a thing all the time. People are like, oh, but in a fight with no rules. And I'm like, wait a second. If you can beat somebody's ass in a fight with rules, you can also beat their ass in a fight without rules. Ah. Yeah, there's no difference. None. Drives me nuts. But backstage, <laughs> so... There was a spot where MVP refused to talk with Lana. And Lana was livid. She was upset. Drew McIntyre is on the VIP lounge and tears up the set. Says he wants Lashley out there now. And MVP says without a contract, he's not bringing him face-to-face. And that makes sense. Drew and MVP go back and forth about each person disrespecting the other and yada yada. And Drew says he doesn't need anybody to talk for him like Lashley does. Drew says Lashley can have the title when uh, Lashley pries it from his cold, dead hands. And MVP says that can be arranged. And that gets him claymored. <laughs> Starting off with, like, Lana, that whole part where he kind of just, like, totally dissed her. Um, yeah, you don't do that to a woman. Like, the last thing a woman wants is to be ignored. Ever. We rather fight and go at it and like go at each other's throats than ever be like ignored and just dismissed. Trust me, the facts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Lashley came out and wouldn't get in the ring. McIntyre's livid. He's upset. He, he wants he wants Lashley in the ring, but it's not happening. So backstage, Lana sarcastically tries to help MVP, and MVP says, keep your distance so Lashley doesn't lose his title shot. He's worked too hard to get it. Uh, what, what do you think this is going with the Lana thing? I think they're just going to phase her out at this point. Uh, at some point, she's just going to get phased out, but it's just going to have to happen slowly because it's not like you can just like suddenly be forgotten. No, Lana's eventually going to have to move on to something else because it's just not... It's just not something that I think we want to keep associating with Bobby Lashley, especially everything that he's doing right now, and especially they want to actually see him, you know, with Drew. You're not going to want to have the whole Lana distraction there. Um, so eventually she'll get phased out. Yeah. Uh, I think maybe she can manage a singles wrestler, but 
I'm just like, man, you all went heavy-handed into the Rusev divorce thing, and Jesus. And it led to nowhere, nowhere, nothing. Like, nothing. Rusev's gone. I mean, who knows what's left for Lana creative-wise, other than just her being the screaming girl every time something happens, having a meltdown. They, they, her character's essentially the bougie, materialistic female, and, like, that's it. Nothing more. So that that's that sucks for her. Jonathan Hedman says, Hi, new fan. Love the content. Love the people at ringside. Yeah, that was one of the stories we broke on FightfulSelect.com today. I'm going to have more notes from these tapings all week long. Uh, Denise, they did not let these people sit down, like, the whole taping. <laughs> that yeah. sucks. That does. And that's what I was thinking about, too, when I was thinking, like, how can it be, like, less, uh, awkward in the beginning. I would have actually would have thought it would be better if some people were standing and some people were sitting because it would look more natural. It wouldn't be all like dot person here, dot person there, dot person there. No, it would be like different levels. I actually thought that they could have added like, you know, what do you see when you're looking at a crowd? You see people on their phones. You see people eating food. Uh, like little things like that maybe might have made it like a little bit less like formal because I think what it was is that it felt formal. Yeah. Uh, we get a question asking uh, any update on AOP's return. I'd be surprised if they were back before before SummerSlam. Uh, Razor tore his biceps a couple months ago. You saw, I think it was Brian Cage that did that. He came back about five, maybe four or five months later. So I think around SummerSlam time would be optimistic. It'd be very, very optimistic. Anakin JMT says, if we're talking WWE and old Nickelodeon game shows, who would be the scariest temple guards for Legends of the Hidden Temple? Oh, AOP, while we're on the subject. Those are the two guys I would not want to run into at all. At all. They would slaughter you. Slaughter you. <laughs> well, backstage, we see MVP and Lashley run into Street Profits. They, he's not happy seeing them goof off. MVP, that is. He and Lashley don't respect clowns. They challenge Street Profits to a match. I loved Drew's segment backstage where he's like, yep, I'm leaving. And then he's told that there's a match. And he's like, I think I forgot something. So you know we're going to see him. Lashley is dominant in this match. He just whips ass. And it's it's very one-sided. MVP gets some licks in. And there's a very scary spot where he almost drops MVP on his head. Some miscommunication there. Montez takes out Lashley, and then the Prophets hit the Spinebuster Frog Splash, but Lashley runs in as the illegal man and gets DQ'd uh, after he has the full Nelson on for five seconds. This is to get the full Nelson over, to protect the, the Street Prophets, to protect Lashley and Mon or Lashley and MVP. I hate all these lame DQ finishes, but I'll, I'll, I'll look for the bright side. They made sense of it. The referee counted it. As opposed to last week, where the, in the la the week before that, where they're just like immediate DQ, which they've never done, and really they've never even DQ'd anybody for staying in for five seconds. That it's just a, a threat, but at least they made an effort to make sense of it. How'd you feel about the match and the finish? Okay, so the match itself, I liked it. It was I thought it was a really good main event Raw match. Uh, the one thing that I just really felt was. I like I said I said this at the top of the show but I'll just like reiterate that now is that I felt like 
Bobby Lashley was a big deal at the end of the show. I felt like I had to care for him in terms of, oh, he is an actual threat at this point, and that's good because he's always had the look, obviously, but now he's actually doing something with it. He's more physically impressive, and that was that was the last thought that it left me with at the end of the show, and it sort of stuck with me. Um, I love the post-match attacks, and like I said, I just thought that uh, Lashley looks like a big deal. Yes. And secondly, I really thought that, you know, for weeks we saw we saw Seth and Drew. And yeah, I was into it, but I wasn't really like, you know, hyped up for it or anything like that. And I kind of feel with the direction that they're going with Drew and Lashley right now, I'm feeling a little bit more hyped at this point. And in comparison to, you know, it just being like, you know, very short amount of time that this has been going on with them in comparison to, to Seth, Drew, um, I feel more excited at this point than I did previously. So Drew makes the save and attacks Lashley. The recruits pull him off and get beaten up, but Lashley hits a spear and the recruits break them up. Josh Kirsch says Lashley throws some bad punches. He's got some big boulders on his shoulders, man. It ain't it ain't easy all the time. And Roger Acevedo says, I love MVP confronting the Street Profits. I agree. You got to make them a little bit more serious at times, or at least show that they can be serious and effective. Because we're not seeing that on a weekly basis anymore, Denise. We're not seeing that these are still actual, active, awesome competitors that they are. We're just seeing them lose at mini golf and basketball and, and like stuff like that. So, uh, any any final thoughts on WWE Raw? Overall, I thought it was a good show. I thought it was a good Raw. Uh, like I said, it felt really fast. It didn't feel like a three-hour Raw. And, you know, there's been Raws where I've said, oh, man, I felt every hour for the show. And I didn't feel that with this yeah. show. I do I do want to see, um, you know, the NXT talent outside of the ring again next week and continuing continuing forward. But I do think that maybe it should be a little bit more relaxed, maybe add some chairs or something yeah. like that, just so that it won't feel so like, you know, we're forced to be here. Like, no, just go out and enjoy yourselves. Well, guys, we have a full slate on Fightful.com. Tuesday, we drop the Joe Hendry interview of Ring of Honor. And let me tell you, it is an awesome one. He talks about advice from Chael Sonnen. Chael Sonnen actually wrote one of his promos. He talks about some behind-the-scenes meetings with Ring of Honor, why he left Impact Wrestling. We talked for about 40 minutes there. Uh, the Distraction Podcast reviews Suburban Commando. They are doing these great wrestling movie reviews every single week. It's worth checking out. Wednesday, we have the Listen Your Boy at the 2 p.m. time slot You'll know why soon enough. And, of course, the Fightful Wrestling Weekly drops on Wednesdays publicly. It's already up for Tier 2 subscribers of Fightful Select. Also up for Fightful Select right now is a feature that drops on the main site Thursday. I talked to Virtual Basement about their new upcoming video game. We're not getting 2K for a while, but uh, Virtual Basement is working on a new video game. We've got a video dropping with it. We've got a lot of information characters, uh, gameplay, a lot of that stuff. A lot of people want a competitor to 2K, and they're going to get it uh, from Virtual Basement. On Friday, I'm dropping Making a Finisher with Rob Van Dam. We talk about the Van Terminator, his coast-to-coast. That's going to be a lot of fun. Saturday, UFC Woodley versus Burns coverage. And, you know, I'm still working. I'm begging Sting online to do an interview. And you know what? 
I, I'm going to say, I'm going to interview Sting. Or I'm going to say this. I'm not going to say I'm going to interview Sting. I'm going to publish an interview with Sting next week somehow. I've not talked to him. I have to manifest it. I called my shot, Denise. I've said, Sting is going to be on Fightful next week. And I've not talked to him. I've not talked to his representatives. He's completely no-selling me. We absolutely have not had this happen at all. But I'm, I'm just going to call my shot. Uh, and before we get off, or before we uh, sign off to Denise, uh, Anakin says, Denise, you sadden me not liking bowling. Your slow heel turn continues. Oh, man. I'm just, like, really evil. I, I don't like bowling because I don't win. <sighs> That's... <laughs> <laughs> you it. you got to know how to – sometimes you got to know how to lose before you know how to win. Plus, I don't like that I have to borrow people's shoes. Like, I want to bowl with my own shoes. I really just go to bowl to, like, eat nachos, and that's it. I like nachos. I do like nachos. Do you ever eat pulled pork nachos? No, I'm not really, like, a meat person. Oh. My feud continues. <laughs> My heel, my heel, mm-hmm. my heel persona continues. I'm not a meat person. Duncan Brady says, I'm curious on both of your thoughts. I feel that there's been a drop in focus on the tag team division on all shows despite many great tag matches. I agree because they fired a lot of people. They lost Ryder and Hawkins. They lost the Revival. They lost about, they briefly lost Drew Gulak, who, as I reported on FightfulSelect.com tonight, is back on SmackDown this week. Uh, they, so they didn't have, he and Daniel Bryan figured into the plans. Do you think that they've really decreased the focus there, Denise? No, no Ricochet or Cedric. That win, yeah. that loss to Vink and Thorne looks dumber every week. It's, I feel like in terms of the tag team divisions, yes, but not in terms of the matches because we have been seeing a lot of tag matches. We have been getting a lot of random pair-ups, mixed, different variations of pretty much the same thing over the last few weeks. In terms of like, the tag team division itself yeah we need more we need more fresh feuds we need more fresh teams we need more to um to gain some interest and really have that be a topic but it just kind of feels like right now our main topic is street profits and viking raiders doing random stuff well let the people know where they can follow you denise Okay, so yeah, the main thing is YouTube. YouTube is like my main source of income right now and like my main life. So come on over to YouTube. I'm almost at 27,000 subscribers. I'm hoping to get there by the end of the month. So go check it out. Go subscribe. I post a bunch of random videos. I post pop culture videos. I post wrestling stuff. So it's a little bit mixture of both. So I hope that you guys do enjoy it. And Twitter and Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Come to me on Twitter. I'm almost at 5,000. And I, I want to get to 5,000. I hit 50,000 this weekend. I know. Show <laughs> off. I, I know. You know. I was going to do your trick, by the way. I was going to put, um, I was going to tweet, I'm 45,000 subscribers away. Whatever you do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Excuse me, TikTok queen who doesn't even use TikTok. I don't. I have like almost 130K on TikTok and I don't use TikTok because I just lost interest. It's you, just not for me anymore. You told me that you did it a lot when you when it was musically, right? 
musically and lively i was like the first one of the first streamers on lively and that was like two three years of my life of live streaming and building this like audience and essentially i transferred what i could to youtube but i just i'm not really a tiktok person i try but i'm not really there Hmm. You no, know, hmm. I'm gonna go back though. Watch me. I'm gonna post more TikToks. I've you, been re-inspired. Yeah, you've got you've got hey, I'm on there. Sean Ross slaps your mom on TikTok. I never post, but hey, there you go. Follow you me. Slap people's moms? Yeah, I will. I will if they send the right amount of super chat. Uh B Megs nineteen says my shirt is dry clean only, which means it's dirty. On that note, leave a thumbs up and subscribe, guys. We are out. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.